Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. All right, John, so who are you dressing up as? Uh, Steve Spurrier. Steve Spurrier? <laughs> I thought you were going to say Trevor Lawrence or something. Yeah, you know, no, I can't pull the hair yeah, off. That's right. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Halloween tomorrow, man. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm hoping for some good treats in my bag. I don't know yeah, I don't know. I may get some uh, some coal. No, that's <laughs> Christmas right now. That's Christmas. <laughs> yeah, no, it's Halloween, and, man. And, oh, we're by talking. the way, we have an election, too, right? Yeah, we do. Thankfully, thankfully, yeah, there will be, be in a week, there will be no more political commercials interrupting my sports yeah thank you yeah thank you i'll just be so happy to have that i think everybody will be glad to have that yeah this will be breathe a sigh of relief hopefully we'll know an answer next week we'll see we'll see (laughs) but uh you know but um on a better topic though john we have some great topics to talk about here um in our show i mean we're going to talk about surprise retirement you know i mean what if retirement comes a little earlier than you were expecting a Mm -hmm. lot of people have found that this year we've seen that we have seen that a lot of things have changed right and sometimes folks you know they they get an offer or they maybe they get pushed out maybe they get laid off whatever the case may be you know what if that happens what do you do now right what are your first steps and Mm -hmm. what do you what should you do to prepare for that event we got the topics to here to talk about um, and what steps you should do. Yeah, we're going to follow that up with a, a discussion about debt. This comes from the Ramsey organization. And, you know, there, there's 12 reasons that um, we see the that people stay into debt. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. We do run across people that have very good incomes and that they have a lot of debt. And it's like, well, why don't you fix this? And so these are the 12 most common reasons why people – don't fix it and um you know it's uh it's interesting as you go through the list but uh you know you got to have a plan to get out of it basically but there's 12 reasons why people stay in debt yeah knowing those reasons helps you to be avoid those so um yeah stay tuned for that that'll be good by the way i'm steve marbert i'm a certified financial planner and a dave ramsey smart investor pro with over 25 years experience of providing financial planning and investment advice and i'm john travis i'm a dave ramsey certified counselor i have an mba in finance and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 28 years. We're excited to have you listening to our show today. Um, our podcast up every Friday afternoon. Yeah, go to our website, moneymd.net. We have a link to the podcast, and you can listen to hundreds of podcasts out there. I think you you said you, we have some clients that are going back through all of the Yeah, yeah, I have one ones. particularly going through all of them. Yeah. Um, they were up through like 2016 now. And oh, wow. So that's a lot because we've been doing this for quite a while. It is. I think, gosh, back then Carolina was beating Clemson maybe or maybe yeah, it was before it, that. Yeah, it's kind of scary. You're right. So I think like that might times. be just after that, John. I think, so. I think we yes. won the national championship in 2016. Yeah, you're Thank right. You. You're right. You're right. So go <laughs> check out the website. A lot of pot- podcast information out there. Also, we have a Facebook page, MoneyMD, uh, that we put a prescription of the week out there. So uh, hang out with the money doctors. There you go. That's right. And send us your questions. Um, you can link to us on our website, MoneyMD.net, and um, send us your questions. We'll talk about those right here on the air. Well, John, we're going to start off with the financial fact of the week. Yeah, so don't don't shoot the messenger here, but uh, Social Security came out with, um, or this projected that they're going to have a, a 1.3% increase for Social Security. Well, it's better, than a, sti- it's better than a stick in the eye, John. It is. Yeah, I guess. As my grandfather I mean, used to say. It's like 20 bucks a month for the average Social Security, so it doesn't really move the needle a lot. There's 70 million Americans that are on Social Security. 
yeah. right now. So, uh, yeah. but you know, inflation is low. Inflation is low, yeah. and I think they exclude energy and some of the. I think they just use like core inflation in these numbers now. They do, and uh, it's been zero before in the last you know ten years. So one point three is better than than zero or a stick in the eye, like you said. So, um, <laughs> but that's the fact. Yeah, that is the fact. All right. Well, that's a good one. Something to know. You'll go get a small raise. Yes. You might be able to go out to lunch with that. Yeah. All right. Um, well, surprise retirement, John. That's our next topic here. Um, you know, what do you do if you get you get pushed into retirement early, or or maybe it's a good thing you get offered retirement early, right? Um, well, this is a good article from Arizona Republic, um, published in USA Today, very recently. Russ Wiles. And um, but John, millions of Americans, they, they spend decades preparing for retirement. And yet sometimes it kind of sneaks up on you suddenly when you're least expecting it. And that's what, um, you know, has happened to 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 one guy here. They talk about um, he was a Southwest Airlines pilot um, for a couple years uh, or for he was planning on working for a couple more years when his company offered him a generous buyout package this summer in the middle of this pandemic and you know he took it you know him and his wife um was a flight attendant um too and she continues to work but you know they're in great financial shape because you know uh, the, the airlines gave him a really good package bottom line you know so they continue to pay him two-thirds of his pay till he was 65 and he was 61 now so wow. he got four more years so that was one of those offers that you're just too good to resist right um, and that's what, you know, being in the union also helps, probably helps with that. Um, and they're also going to retain his health insurance until then. So that's a great deal for him. But most people aren't so fortunate, you know, whenever they're suddenly faced with retirement. And although Americans typically, you know, assume that they'll retire when they want to on their own terms, many are, are, are in for a surprise because half of retired respondents to a recent survey from Alliance Life Insurance survey um, said that they left work earlier than they expected to. And for some people, um, you know, it worked out really well, like this guy that's Southeast Airlines, Southwest Airlines pilot. But for others, though, this expedited retirement can be challenging. Um, In fact, I met with the gentleman just this week who was laid off and who's now, you know, looking for work, and he's well beyond 60, and that's really difficult to get when you're retirement age. Yeah, and most retirees said they, they quit working for reasons outside of their control. Like like you said, 50%, um, you know, surprise job loss or health issues. In uh, the survey of 1,000 um, middle-class Americans was conducted back in January. And that was just before the COVID-19 pandemic led to really broad layoffs across uh, the United States. And when the decision comes sooner than expected, it can certainly put pressure on your finances. So here's some things to ponder as you, uh, you know, as you look, if you are um, forced to stop working prematurely, if you're still working out there, you know, you should start considering some of these because you just don't know. I mean, we see it happen on a weekly basis. We have folks coming here and saying, hey, I'm, I'm retired now. Can you can you put that retirement plan in place? And there's a sense of peace for most people that do have retirement plans that they can afford that. Right. That's right. And so we'll start off here with some steps to take. And the first one, though, we're going to start off with the easy step. Okay, this is the easiest thing (laughs) in retirement. That's planning how to spend all your time Uh, in retirement. That's a good problem for most people, mm -hmm. you know. And while I mean, you might like the uh, the vision of unfettered free time that can be, you know, also a problem for some people. I mean, many people, you know, they derive satisfaction from the jobs along with the social interaction action that they get at work 
And that could disappear, you know, with an earlier unexpected, you know, departure. And, you know, most retirees don't have a problem, though, adjusting to a lot of free time. However, some do. And, and most haven't planned it out well at all, including the reality of spending more time with their spouses and other family members for better or for worse. <laughs> so, you know, so what do you want to do? You want to make a list of what activities you plan to do when you find yourself without the daily grind and then start kind of testing those, um, spending more time at those activities before retirement. Um, you know, if you love playing golf, then, hey, do it a couple extra days a week. Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> See how that feels, right? Or if reading is your passion, you know, spend a, a vacation week doing it twice as many hours as you normally would do. And imagine if this is something that would get old for you. Um, either way, I mean, you're going to need to plan for how to spend an extra 40 hours a week. So if you don't have many hobbies or volunteer activities, you know, now's the time to start considering that before retirement becomes a reality, you know. So find a passion before retirement um, and, you know, before that, finding that passion will make retirement, the prospect of having retirement, more exciting. Yep. And it'll be an exciting thought instead of an anxious one. Yeah, time is important, very, very important. Another one that's equally important is um, evaluating health care costs and Obviously, it's easier to accept an early retirement package if you can retain some type of uh, medical coverage, at least until Medicare kicks in at age 65. Otherwise, you've got to be prepared to pay you know, what could be several thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars right. in annual health insurance premiums and out-of-pocket costs. So if you have a health care savings account like we've talked about in the past, <clears throat> then you're ahead of the game and you can probably bridge the gap and um, this money can be used for a range of medical expenses tax-free but you gotta you, you gotta think about the medical there are some options out there but uh, that's a tricky one yeah that's right um, one option though I've seen work John I'm sure you have too with with clients that are not 65 and is it that is if you have um, if your your income is low enough yes. um, early in retirement if you haven't started taking Social Security yet then you might qualify for the medical stipends, which dramatically lowers your monthly insurance premiums when you enroll through the federal health insurance marketplace. Um, so plan accordingly for that. You know, an online calculator is available at healthcare.gov that can help you determine what your premiums would be today if you would and if you would qualify for the stipend. Um, but you know, healthcare costs aren't the only factor. You know, so is. Um, your health status, you know, staying on the job might prove more stressful and hazardous in the age of COVID-19 than, you know, retiring, right? And so, you know, if you continue to work, there could be, you know, additional precautions you have to take, regulations, other hassles, not to mention continuing interaction with coworkers, vendors, customers that could expose you to the virus. I mean, COVID, you know, has kind of changed the tipping point for a lot of people. And I've seen some folks retire this year yes. because of COVID and because of to. all the extra <clears throat> frustration yep. they're running into. No, I agree. I mean, I see a lot of people that have moved the timeline up. And as long as you're planning yeah. for it, that's okay. You can do that. So another thing you got to consider is maybe part-time employment. I mean, it can be advantageous both uh, financially as well as emotionally to ease into retirement after you end your official career um, by working part-time. I mean, you can generate some extra income. Um, you know, possibly nurture some social interactions and stay sharp mentally. So uh, the problem is that you, you might not find the right part-time work. Um, so you got to figure out something that's going to make you happy. I've, I've had one gentleman that I, I talk about frequently 
that retired from the Savannah River site many years ago, and he decided to deliver flowers because he oh, enjoyed yeah. uh, the, you know, the interaction. And people, you know, no one gets mad when they get flowers, right? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Everybody's happy. <laughs> yeah, so. you get to deal with happy customers. That's right. That. That's right. So he, yeah, he's, it's a fun story. But he wasn't doing it for the financial reasons. He was doing it for the emotional side. Yeah, that was a cool story. I, I love that example. Um, yeah, but according to, to Allianz, um, the study that they did of people still employed, 65% said that they expect to be able to work at least part-time in retirement, yet only 7% of respondents um, said that they're still working in retirement when they do retire. So, you know, in part, I mean, that might be because people kind of view work with less enthusiasm as they get older um, than when they were still working. You know, I mean, when asked whether they would retire at 55 and have the basic expenses met or whether they would retire they would rather retire with a more lavish lifestyle at age 75 fewer than one-fourth of pre-retirees chose the latter you know of waiting until 75 so the idea of retiring early is very appealing mm-hmm. um but uh, you know still uh, people tend not to want to work once they do actually retire right so you can't count on that it's kind of what the point is here Um, And then claiming Social Security benefits, you know, when to claim those benefits is a very important question and decision in retirement um, that you need to consider ahead of time. You know, I mean, if you choose to work part time, then you're limited to just about eighteen thousand dollars before retirement age, before um, in, in part time work. If you're taking Social Security, because otherwise they will take back a dollar for every two dollars you earn in benefits above that limit. So, um, you know, that, of course, those benefits aren't truly lost. The Social Security Administration says that um, the, they do boost your benefits down the road if they end up taking back some of your benefits. But it still is something you want to avoid. Um, you know, I mean, this this benefit reduction is one of the reasons why delaying Social Security uh, makes a lot of sense for mm-hmm. if you're considering, you know, working part-time. But another reason involves the size of the monthly benefits that you're going to receive um, because they go up. They go up about 7 to 8% for every year you delay. Um, and it's a pretty big increase. So if you draw at age 62, you're only going to receive about 65% of your full benefits at 66 or 67. But if you delay to age 70, you're going to get about twice that amount. You're going to get about 130% of your full monthly you know, benefit. Um, big difference. So it's a big difference there. It goes up quite a bit. And so for most people, you should delay your benefits at least until you fully retire, um, you know, at full retirement age or longer. Um, but for a married couple, you know, it's usually best for the spouse with the highest benefit to delay while the spouse that has a lower benefit draws earlier if possible. Um, but every situation is different. I mean, you want to get some professional advice about this because, you know, when to draw Social Security benefits um, can make a big difference over your retirement years. This is a very important decision. You need to give this some thought and you need to get some help and really understand the, the trade-offs before you make this decision. Yeah, another item that you have to do is um, determine whether you, you're going to need to cut cost. I mean, hopefully you won't have to cut back in retirement, but this is cer- something that you should certainly determine ahead of time and have a plan for. And, of course, this is a, a key factor in any re- early retirement decision and um, you got to have a budget. I mean, that's so important. You've got to know exactly what you're going to need 
paying off your mortgage is a is a big piece of that. If you cannot have that fixed payment going on, it's going to make your your income go much further. So at that point, you're not saving in IRAs and 401ks anymore. And it does mean that your assets are going to need to last longer since your early retirement stretches the number of years that you'll likely need to, to draw the income. So, you know, you may have to cut your expenses. Some people we see downsize their home um, and reduce the uh, outlays, and sometimes they have to do some other reductions. But, um, you know, most people want to keep the travel and the family things in there. So you just got to do a budget, basically. You got to exactly. know what, you, what you're going to need to make that right decision. Yeah, I have some options drawn up, you know, ahead of retirement so you know whether you're going to need to, you know, what what can you cut if you get laid off early or if you have to retire early. Um, you want to have those options before you get, you know, pushed into that decision. So um, that's a good point. Yeah, in, a, in, the, in this Alliance survey that was recently done, six out of ten workers voiced concern about running out of money before they died, yet most indicated they haven't been doing much about it. Um, only about one in three respondents said that they're saving, um, they're saving or plan to save more money, and an even smaller proportion have set long-term financial goals or devised a retirement plan. So, you know, early retirement can sound plenty appealing until the realities kind of set in and cuts are required. So, plan out a retirement budget. And also make an early retirement budget in case that really comes early. <clears throat> you know, plan out any retire any required cuts for early retirement um, now and relieve the stress about that and the possibility and, um, you know, help yourself plan for future expenses by doing that. Um, you know, you're going to find that you can hang up the lunchbox. Or you might find that you can hang up the lunchbox early and get planned and without the stress that you have now. So... Planning the retirement budget is really is worth the effort and will help alleviate some of that stress related to retirement. Yep. All right. Very good. good topic. And that leads us up here to our question of the week. Yeah, with the election coming up next week, uh, still getting questions on this uh, about going to cash or more conservative. Um, you know, and the concern is we may not have uh, the results right away. I mean, there is some concern out there that the results won't be known for weeks. Sure. The markets don't like uncertainty. You know, should I go to cash now until everything kind of settles out? Well, you know, making decisions based on headlines and, and so forth, never recommended. So no one knows what's going to happen with the election. <clears throat> but, you know, we've talked about this before. No, you know, there are more important things than than the election to earnings of companies, right? I mean, that's the earnings is the, the, the bottom line here. And so no, don't make don't make changes to your portfolio based on the election. Yeah, certainly not. I mean, we've looked at, you know, years and years of elections results and you know, the market does not respond long term to elections. It's just there's really no correlation there. Um, you know, so certainly do not go trade your account based on the election because it's very unpredictable what'll happen the next day and you know, it could go up or down. But it's probably not going to do anything long term. What's going to drive the economy I mean, what's going to drive the market long term, I believe, and what history shows is the economy. And now we, we have this potential COVID vaccine, you know, that they're working on. Um, and that kind of news, I think, is a lot more likely to drive the markets for, during this quarter and the rest of the year than the election. So, yep. you know, I certainly would not make any moves based on the election. That's kind of the bottom line here so good question of the week and that leads up here to our last topic and that is um, 12 reasons people tend to stay in debt 
and you know how to avoid these yeah this is from the ramsey organization and um you know D dave was really founded on getting out of debt and unfortunately debt it's normal for most of americans it's normal as waking up in the morning and brushing your teeth it just seems like uh, most people have it and they live with it forever and uh, they have a little saying around there at the ramsey organization that debt is dumb and uh, they really believe that to their core debt robs your present and also steals from your future, right? Because you're spending future income. So debt, you know, keeps you stuck in a cycle that uh, makes it almost impossible to build wealth. So, you know, it, it puts your goals further into the future. And there's all sorts of reasons why people choose to, to stay into debt. And we're going to kind of go through each one of these. And, um, you know, they're, they're interesting reasons, but there is a way to get out of debt. And we'll talk about that at the end. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the fir first reason why people don't uh, get out of debt, John, is they don't want to make sacrifices. And it's understandable. You know, nobody wants to sacrifice, right? It's the reason why we can't lose weight as well. Yes, right. right. <laughs> no doubt. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, think, ask yourself, though, could you give up eating out three nights a week? You know, maybe cut it down to one night a week. Yeah. I'm sure you could. Or what, what would your life look like without cable? You know, I mean, it's doable, right? Um, there, there are cheaper alternatives out there with the Internet and all nowadays. Um, but you'll never know and, and until you're willing to give up something in order to build a better financial future. And, you know, if you're if you're up to your eyeballs in debt, something has got to change. So you got to ask yourself, what are you willing to temporarily give up? so that you can stop being buried in debt and have all that anxiety yeah. hanging over your head. And that's a key word, temporarily. It's not a, it's not a lifetime. Right. I do yeah. it for a short period of time. Second reason people stay in debt is they want to keep up their appearances. I mean, it's that dreaded keeping up with the Jones uh, syndrome. But, you know, what you don't know is the Jones have a lease Tesla. I mean, they have an upside-down mortgage. They have um, an unwelcome visitor named Sally Mae or student loans. So, and they're living you know, paycheck to paycheck, and you wouldn't know it by looking at their situation, and they may look like they have it all together on the outside, but it's amazing how many people we see come in that are that are struggling with, with debt, and uh, they they just haven't focused on it, and it's because they want right. new stuff. Right, yeah, that's right, exactly. Yeah, and they're addicted to stuff, too. Um, unfortunately, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people um that love material things and they're in debt unfortunately for those things um the more they have the more powerful and confident they'll feel maybe and you know they at least that's what they tell themselves but they never have enough right it's all fake i mean you know they can't afford the stuff and it, it's gonna weigh them down and at some point their addiction to debt is going to catch up with them and it's not going to be pretty you know so yeah you got to break <clears throat> the addiction to stuff you got to simplify your life and be willing to prioritize and get rid of the stuff you don't you don't need. Ask yourself if you really need it. Yeah, material stuff doesn't make you happy. Definitely, I mean, that's just, right. So another one is people have lost hope. I mean, they may have you know tens of thousands of uh, dollars of debt, and um, you know they don't have a glimmer of hope for tomorrow. They don't have a good process in place. So if you can't find a reason to keep fighting, sooner or later, you're probably just going to throw in the towel. So I think that's one of the things that the Ramsey organization does a great job of, of giving hope and giving a process that you can use to get out of debt. So don't lose hope. Yeah, that's right. The next reason, though, John, is they just simply don't make it a priority. You know, getting out of debt is not their number one priority um, or even number two or three. Right. I mean, they have good intentions, but they keep putting off getting out of debt. They'll say, you know, I'll start a budget next month. But each month passes by, and guess what? Still no budget, right? I mean, paying off debt isn't exactly a fun hobby, you know? So it takes a lot of work. I mean, changing your lifestyle is 
pretty dang uncomfortable, but the end result is 100% worth it. Um, so you got to make it a priority. Um, you know, you won't be sorry. You got to make the sacrifice now and, and, you know, move it up your priority list and, you know, put it on your calendar, the steps you got to make, yep. you got to take to, to start getting out of debt. Yeah. And some people, um, number six here on the list, just don't know how to handle money. They've never been trained. They've seen maybe brought up with their parents and how they handled money. Uh, it's unfortunately not taught in a lot of our schools. And so they just don't know that they you know, most people think, you know, car payments are a way of life. Well, there is a different way to do it. So, you know, the lack of training historically can be a, a barrier. Another one is um, to keep the debt as they bought into lies. And it's normal, like we just said, to have debt hanging around your neck and, you know, I'll always have a car payment. Uh, it's time to speak truth and expose those for what they are. They're, they're, they're lies. You don't have to have debt in this culture. Now, if you want new stuff all the time and so forth, you will have debt, but that doesn't bring you the happiness, right? So don't exactly buy right. don't buy into the lies. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, another reason, John, is you know their spouse is not on the same page as them. You know, we see this all. That's the time. a big one. Yeah, that's a big one. That's a big one. That's why I think you know the the Financial Peace University class going mm. both of them going to yes. an FPU class is so important. I often see that that gets them on the same page. Mm-hmm. So. You know, real important you go together and participate in those things. But, yeah, money and relationships, they can be a tricky territory no matter what. But it's even worse when the couple isn't seeing eye to eye on debt and on a game plan for getting out of debt. Um, You know, maybe one of you is fully on board with becoming debt free and the other isn't quite convinced that debt is all that bad. But, you know, this isn't a place to be divided. If you really want to get out of debt, you and your spouse have to be on the same page And I think going to an FPU class, a Financial Peace University class, is a great way to get on the same page. Um, So don't try to convince your spouse to to get out of debt. Just try to convince them to come to an FPU class. Yeah, that's right. That can be the solution, no doubt. Another one here on the list is people think they don't make enough money. And most of the time, it's not an income problem. Uh, the behavior is the issue. So spending more money than they, than you make will cause you to stay in debt, plain and simple. So that's why it's important to, to do a budget, be intentional with your money. And sometimes I've seen people that do have an income problem, right? I've, I've, I've counseled some folks over the years that are they're making less than, than what they have the potential to. So the, there can be an income issue sometimes, but most sure. times it's a behavior piece of it. So uh, another one here on the list is people aren't budgeting. Um, they uh, Ramsey folks did a survey, and only 50% of Americans budget regularly. That seems way high to me. <laughs> I don't think yeah. 50% of people budget. No, they don't. I think that's, it's probably 15% maybe. It's 50% say they budget. Yeah, mm, that's yeah. right. So if you don't tell yeah. your money where to go, um, you can bet it's it's heading for one of the wrong places, and a lot of times that's out of the window. So you got to have budgeting as a core activity. Absolutely, yep. Another one here, John, is they haven't cut up their credit cards, right? They haven't really made that commitment and gotten rid of them. Because getting out of debt is amazing, but if you keep those credit cards around for the rainy day or the emergency, you know, you're going to land yourself back in debt again. It's like an alcoholic that keeps, you know, the liquor cabinet full. You know, <laughs> I mean, you can't do that. You got to make the commitment. You know, if you're getting out of debt, I mean, you got to just you got to just do it. You got to cut them up, close the accounts, be done with them forever. You know, just start using a debit card. Um, 
you know, and just, you know, and follow their plan. There, there's a, you know, get, get it, go again, go to a Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University class, you know, have a plastectomy. Yeah. Um, get rid of those credit cards today. Yeah. And the last reason is people just don't have a plan. And, you know, uh, Dave Ramsey has a three hour show daily. And there are people calling in every single day to uh, celebrate their debt-free victories. It's called the debt-free scream. Um, you know, getting out of debt's not easy. It, it does take work. Uh, it takes discipline, um, but it's not impossible. And and you need a plan. Um, Dave's you know debt snowball methodology. If you're listening to this and you're in debt, that's a great uh, methodology. Basically, you're paying off the smallest balance first. And you're taking those payments and you're snowballing it into the next one. So go uh, go check out Dave's website. Um, a lot of tools out there. Great FPU class, as Steve has mentioned. Um, but if you're in debt, um, I, you know, our goal with our clients is just be mortgage-free, completely debt-free going into retirement. So it's a great goal to have. And if you're young listening to this, try to get out of your consumer debt. That's important. Absolutely. Yep. Great topic. All right, and that leads us up to our final thing here, and that is a prescription of the week. Yeah, this is very simple, but um, when you buy groceries, buy it from a list. Um, so plan out your groceries. Right. It's good to meal plan, um, stick to it, and then go in there with cash, right? So you yep. kind of know how much everything's going to cost. Um, I've I've made the mistake of going into a grocery store hungry, and, man, everything looks good then. Yeah, right? that's you know? terrible. It's yeah. not, a, not a good strategy there. So Never send your, your husband to the grocery store for groceries. That, that's right. That's is another that, strategy. Is that your plan? Well, yeah, be, us husbands tend to be hungrier than more than the wives, I think. You know, and we just we just tend to buy more junk. I think women are more disciplined when they walk in the grocery store than we are. Well, and Kathy knows where all the aisles are, right? All the, exactly. you know, where everything's stationed so she can handle that really well. But, you know, an envelope is a great way to control that. So if you have a grocery budget of $100 a week, take 100 in there, and when you run out, Hey, put put stuff back. So well, you know, Kathy's the master of this. She really is my wife. Um, you know, and so now she orders all the groceries online. Yeah, right. Picks them up. So I mean, talk about having a list. And not only do we have a list, we never even go to the store, right? She just pulls up and they deliver the groceries and put them in the car. And so, um, you know, Walmart's doing that, and that's yeah. where she buys groceries, and yeah. it works out pretty darn well. And you never get tempted to buy the stuff at the checkout line that's or right. on the front aisles. <laughs> you just bypass all that stuff. So that's my recommendation. And it is saves time. Start using the the pre-order yeah. pickup pickup uh, option for groceries. That is a great tool. You're going to save a ton of money doing like that. It. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, there you go. All right. Good topic, good prescription of the week. And that leads us to the close, though. Um, this has been this week's edition of MoneyMD. Tune in next week to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Check us out on our website, moneymd.net, or give us a call at Richard Young Associates, 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the week. Have a good one. Happy Halloween. <laughs> This program contains general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. This broadcast is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. SmartVestor Pro is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor. 